Hey, what's going on, Ignite City? Hey, I wanted to take us back into Luke chapter 19. Um, this is when Jesus comes across Zacchaeus. And actually, we're going to connect a lot from just that whole chapter. Um, and seeing the response to Jesus that different types of people have. I think it's interesting that um, Zacchaeus in chapter, let's see, chapter 19, verse 2, he's known as the chief tax collector. So in my mind, he's the chief chief sinner. <laughs> now, of course, all of us are sinners. But in that culture, to be a tax collector, you were the lowest of low. I mean, you everyone everyone thought, the Jewish people especially thought that you were the lowest of low. Especially when they, like when you go back to Matthew. Matthew, being a Jewish man, um, was also a tax collector. So he was taking taxes or receiving taxes from the people of Israel and working for Rome. And then, so he worked, he was an employee of Rome, taking taxes from the people of Israel. So he was hated among, I mean, just hated. But here, here you have Zacchaeus. And if you've, if you've been brought up in the church, you kind of know about Zacchaeus. He was a little guy, um, couldn't really see Jesus when Jesus was walking through. So he found a sycamore tree uh, to climb just because uh, it says in verse three, uh, he was seeking to see who Jesus was. And I thought that was such an important part. He was seeking to see who Jesus was. So here's the chief tax collector. Um, he'd be considered a, a sinner by all of society. But his desire is to see Jesus. He's seeking him out. Then Jesus sees him. And pretty much Jesus invites himself to Zacchaeus's house for lunch. He says, hey, you, hey, get down. I'm coming to your house today. Now, friends, in that culture, it was a huge deal. Uh, when a person shared a meal with somebody, it was a huge deal. That, and it's like that person was saying, hey, I receive you as my friend. So Jesus is already known as a friend of, of tax collectors and sinners, that Jesus is, is the friend of the sinners. And we should all be thankful for that. None of us should ever look at that and take advantage of that or just kind of brush it to the side. Jesus is friend of sinners. Guys, if all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, according to scripture, we all have sinned and Jesus is friend of us. He's, he's our friend. Uh, he came for us. He wanted to save us. He wanted right relationship with us. So he did all that. And so when he says, I want to come to your house, uh, I'm going to have a, I'm going to, I'm going to have lunch with you. I'm, I'm coming to your home today. It says in verse six that Zacchaeus received him joyfully. And I love that. I mean, he was just so excited that here's Jesus, every single person who's there is wanting to be with Jesus, be around Jesus, hear Jesus. And Jesus invites himself to hang out with the tax collector, the chief, the chief tax collector. And so he receives him with joy. So you see that, but then you get down to verse 47 and it's talking about the chief priests. And then it, I, it stood out to me, their response and how they responded to Jesus. It says in verse 47, the chief priests and the scribes and the principal men of the people were seeking to destroy Jesus. Now, isn't it weird that those who were self-righteous, those who act well, those who were entrusted with being priests, they're supposed to be caring for God's people. They were the ones that were taking advantage of God's people. And because God showed up in a bod, so Jesus shows up in the flesh, their response to him is what? They want to get rid of him. They can't stand him. Friends, they had, they had set things up a certain way that they wanted it to work in their favor. And when Jesus shows up, he's changing it all. He's actually bringing it back to the heart of what it is that God wanted. And so those, uh, their response, um, the response of the religious leaders, 
um, was to seek to destroy him. They wanted to get rid of him. Now, isn't it weird that the sinners want to seek after Jesus to see who he is? And when Jesus says, hey, I'm coming to you, I'm a, I want, like, I want to come to your house. The sinner, the, t- the chief tax collector, Zacchaeus, receives him with joy. While those whose job and their responsibility was to recognize the coming of the Messiah did not recognize Jesus when he showed up. And in fact, wanted to, they were seeking ways to destroy him. Now, there's, two, there's one word that's repeated twice. It's the chief tax collector and chief priest. Chief. But here's the other part that hit me. That Jesus is known as the chief cornerstone. He's the, he's the, the key cornerstone of a building. That the, it's like the foundation. It's everything's built upon him. Isn't it amazing that the chief, chief priest's response to the chief cornerstone was to reject him? Which scripture uh, said would happen. It was declared. It was prophesied that he would become the capstone that everyone else would stumble, that they would stumble over. That he would be the reason that they trip up because they didn't like him. So they're seeking to destroy him. But the sinner, the chief tax collector, when he comes in contact with the chief cornerstone, receives him joyfully. Friends, I want to make sure that for me, I wrote this in my notes after this. I was like, oh, Jesus, have mercy on me, a sinner. Have mercy on me, a sinner. I don't ever want to get to the point where I'm self-righteous. And I think, hey, look what I've done and look what I've accomplished. Because at some point, I think when we get to that point, or if we get to that point, we start to look at God as kind of sometimes a nuisance. He's in the way. Uh, We can do it. Look what we've done. Look what we've accomplished. And then we've set up our own lives in a self-righteous, self-reliant way. And when God comes in to try to change things up, which is the process of sanctification to make us look more and more like Jesus, when he does those things, we try to push up against him and destroy his work. Now, we can never destroy God. Of course we can. We all know that. But at times, I think we want to stand in his way. So instead of receiving him joyfully, we'll actually stand against him, seeking to destroy, quote unquote, to destroy the work that he's doing because we want to keep things the way that we want them according to our self-righteousness and our self-reliance. And friends, I think that we need to receive him joyfully. When he shows up, are we seeking him? Like, I'm just Think about it. If we were there, would we climb the tree just so we could get a look at Jesus? Now, here's the thing. We have a relationship with Jesus. We've been received as as sinners and, and, changed, and changed into new creation according to 2 Corinthians 5.17. And so therefore we're seen as saints before a holy God because of Jesus. But do we still have that same desire to seek Jesus? I mean, think about it. If all I can do is just see him, that's what I want, to seek him with all of my heart. Or have we gotten used to him? It's like, I don't, I mean, well, Brian, I'm, I'm busy and we all are. But should that be a reason that we don't actually want to seek him? See, I'm convinced even when I'm busy, I'll make time for the things that are most important. I'll make time for the people that are most important. I'll push aside, quote unquote, responsibilities or things that I want to do in order to be with those who I really want to be with. And friends, I want to continue to challenge us always to be seeking after Jesus, to resort to, I'm sorry, to receive him joyfully, but to long for more of him, to go deeper into this relationship with Jesus Rather than just um, settling for just kind of like this distance, mediocre, religious-based, religion-driven, not even relationship, just duty. You do certain things so that maybe God will give you certain things. That's a bartering business relationship rather than a 
love affair with the Creator. Friends, may we never move to that place where we're trying to destroy the things of God because he seems to be interrupting what it is we've always wanted, to, what we've wanted to, I'm sorry, he's, he's, it seems like sometimes we want to push against what it is that he's doing to destroy the work that he's doing so that we can continue to have the comfortable life that we want. And so when I wrote, have mercy on me, a sinner, uh, the thought that came to my mind or the passage came out of Lamentations chapter three, verses 22 and 23, where he talks about his mercies never come to an end. So when I ask for mercy, God, I, when I'm asking God of mercy, I'm always saying, God, I want your mercy. And then I come back to that passage. His mercies are new every morning, not that they're renewed, like they went down in like a battery where it becomes less and then it gets more. No, that word new means they're brand new. His mercies are brand new every morning and great is your faithfulness. And I'm so thankful that when I call out for his grace and his mercy, the reminder to me and to us is he, he is faithful. And not only is he faithful, he is great. Great is your faithfulness. So friends, may we never settle for Jesus at a distance or the religion of Jesus. God, guys, may we always want God. May we always want him, no matter what. May we always want him, that we would receive him joyfully, that we would seek to see him no matter what, even if we have to climb a tree. Friends, I love you more than you know, and we'll talk soon.